to another episode of The Sport Project with Chris, Sasha and Carlo. Welcome, lads. Hi. <laughs> Thumbs up. You know, people are listening. It's not just a video. How are you going? <laughs> At least the man who's just been driving in the car for about seven hours who's probably had no chat is actually chatting right now. So thank you so much, Sasha. I appreciate that. No worries. Not bad. You're <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Now, uh, don't forget, you do need to like, subscribe, and share us with all of your friends. We are on Instagram at the Sport Project Podcast, and of course, you can log in and actually watch us on a vodcast if you want to on Epicenter Live TV or the SportProject.net, where it's all your easy click throughs to come and listen to us across all your major platforms. We've got lots to talk about tonight. It's probably going to be a little bit shorter than last week. Sorry about the ninety minutes, um, but we've got some stuff happening with the Toronto Wolf Pack in the, the UK Super League. All the uh, the chat about rugby league, what's been happening and what's happening in this round as well too. There's been a $3 million signing to Australia Rugby Union. That's right. It is actually still getting played somewhere in the world. So lots to talk about. It's <laughs> just an IOU. Yeah, exactly. From the ARU. Yeah, no, we're makes- good for it. Australian <laughs> Castle made it apparently. Um, and we've been talking about uh, some of the betting scandal that's been happening in the racing world. So Chris will have all the updates and latest there as well too. But let's tip it off. Let's start talking about the rugby league. More importantly, my manly sea eagles are back, boys. Oh, now you found your voice, darling. Because last week you didn't. You wanted to skip right past the sea eagles. <laughs> but this week, look at that. You got a grin on your face from ear to ear, and your chest exactly. is popping out, and you're ready to launch, aren't you? My morale is my morale is high. I can't even say morale properly. That's how low it's been of late. <laughs> so come on up. Well, let's let let's let you kick it off then. Rugby league is now Mikado's segment, but we'll leave him in the bottom corner there. Like, have have your moments of glory. Come on. Dissect the manly game for us. Look, I don't want to dissect it as much because I actually had a weekend away for a little bit of a headspace uh, weekend. So I didn't watch it all in all its glory, but was checking in randomly. The first half was obviously probably their strongest out of the two. And then unfortunately, I think we saw a little bit of what's been happening to them in the last couple of weeks. In the last 40, they sort of fell off a little bit there. But again, the positives are Aidan Fanua Blake has had his flu jab. He's going to be back next week as well, or this weekend, I should say. So... All positive things for the for the guys in the silver tails. Well, you know, Renee, with every positive comes a negative. Should we talk about the roosters next? <laughs> well, look, it's you know what? It's it's just a cheating match Who against the roosters. Well, you know what? The kids Canberra milkmate. Everyone knows the blokes from the east are lactose intolerant, right? Everyone knows that. You go play down there, they feed you milk, the boys are shitting themselves, it's no good. There's the, oh, there's none good. of that there's none of that dairy aspects in Bondi, is there? Hey, no. Melbourne deflating balls. It's just ridiculous, you know. Like, yeah, we're back to back champions. We're going to make it a three people. You don't need to cheat. It's just I'm, I'm, I really shouldn't laugh this hard, but I've just got the results up on my phone. And if, I, if you see me come off the screen here, I'm just like, oh, 24 20. I watched it and I couldn't wait to text you. You didn't text me back, but I couldn't wait to give you shit about that. I'm surprised you got any messages out of there in lockdown. I thought they'd basically cut all technology off, mate. Yeah, no. I, well, it's going to be compulsory that we wear face masks, which takes me back to living in Salford. Um, yeah. <laughs> but apparently you can't wear them in banks, which is fine because you couldn't wear them in the banks in Manchester, but it didn't stop us. Um, so, yeah. Right. As, as is that where you made all your money, money? Yeah, yeah. And that's why I had to move here. So this, this <laughs> stop laying convicts in a long time ago, Chris. <laughs> you, you and I were the last of them, I think, mate. No further questions, Your Honour. But it was a wonderful round of rugby league. Um, there's some real star standout performances. I thought Melbourne Storm were phenomenal. Um, of course you did. I mean, the, the Titans did enough for much. I thought the Tigers were equally as phenomenal. Great to yeah. see Benji Marshall back. And um, Well, 
I thought the Broncos played really well, hey? Yeah, yeah, they held them to nil. Yeah, held themselves themselves to nil. (laughs) I think um, I think the Broncos were so dejected behind the line every time the camera panned round. It just looked they just looked so they looked lost, didn't they? They looked like there was no leaders there. No one was talking. Um, and uh, I, again, you can you can dress it up as much as you want. Fifteen players on the sideline uh, through injury, and Corey Oates, we thought he broke, uh, broke a, 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 fee, a femur in his in his leg, and it would have been an awful injury. But it's just a, a major hematoma, so um, good result in a way for for, for potentially a really career ending uh, injury. But um, take nothing away from the Tigers. I thought their play was just very decisive. Benji Marshall pulling the strings. And I tell you what, Luke Brooks coming off the bench and, and giving them that extra extra zap. Uh, the Broncos had nothing. They've got nothing. And it's going to be a very hard five weeks for them. It's the, it's the million-dollar question, I know. And if, and if we knew the answer to it, then you know we'd be worth an absolute mint. But mm-hmm. where do they go? How do they get back? The, the morale's down. The, the players are down on themselves. You've got a couple that are really trying their heart out, but sometimes yeah, yeah. over-trying. And, and now it's come to a point where it looks like there's no return. You've got the fans that are finally allowed back in the stadium. They're upset. You've got, uh, the, you've got the coach there that's aged probably 35 years in the last four months. And, you, and you've, got a, a, you've, got a, you've got a team there with absolutely no morale. What do they do? My, my take on it is, Chris, is that it's like anything. And I don't know the culture in there. I haven't been to the Broncos. I haven't been inside the change rooms. I haven't seen the way Anthony Seabold coaches. But it comes from the top. Like if you if you if you've got a president there of the club who's doing good jobs and he's well respected, the coach is um, you know well respected and he's doing what he needs to do. It just flows downhill from there. So, so I think you, it's got to be the top. Do you think it's a lack of respect thing? They've got no respect or no. I, I don't know if that's the case. All I know that is for me in my in my game what I do. If you don't respect the people above you, you're not going to go over and, and, and above for that person. So I feel like mm-hmm. there's there's a lack of leadership both on the park and outside the park. Um, but I, like I said, I don't know the culture inside there. I don't know um, what, what the ins and outs are. But I was actually talking to um, Gordon Tallis earlier on during the week because we employ Gordon Tallis. Like it's a random little web that we've got going on here. But um, Gordon Tallis does all our Indigenous involvement mm-hmm. um, and creates some pathways for Indigenous kids through into construction. Into construction. But he seems to think it is, you know, it's that leadership thing as well. So we should even get him on here one week and, and just have a chat about it. Well, just look, <laughs> just turn his mic off, or turn his mic on and we'll just go and do something else. Yeah, I was going to say, no one will get another word in edgewise. Loves a chat. Let's go I mean, it's, it's, I mean it's, it, there's one thing not respecting the coach, but there's another thing that, in my eyes as well, as, you know, as a former player, and, and I would think, I, I don't want to let myself down. I don't want to let the rest of my team down. It's not a case of do I respect the coach anymore. It's do I respect the players next to me? Do I respect the people that are on my team? And, and do I want to... And, and you know, because these guys are not stupid. They understand if they're underperforming week in and week out, then there's going to come a point where it comes to the end of a contract. And if they continue to underperform as an individual or as a team, what's the next step for them? You know, it's not that... Where are they going to go? Go to Rugby Union? Go to AFL? Go to the NFL? But, but do you know what I mean? If you want to perform week in and week out as a player, so I think there's a there's a responsibility on the players here to kind of step up, whether it's a respect thing for the culture or not. They've got to have respect for themselves and try their asses off. But there's there's some of them that are just not doing that. It's funny, like that the comments that are getting made about how he's lost the change room or that they don't have respect for him. From my personal experience, my ex used to play with him at Ipswich Jets, um, and he captained while he was there. He was the bloke that everyone loved and, and even the partners, he was a great bloke from my perspective as well. 
then speaking to all the players when he was down at South and the success that he had down there as well, you never heard that he lost a change room and you never heard that he had no respect with playing club down there. So how does it flip the script so much heading north of the border? Um, look, <clears throat> I, I don't know. It's a tough one. When I, I can relate to when I was playing footy. We, you know, I had a couple of seasons there where we used to get pumped week in, week out, same sort of results. Um, we had a well-respected coach. We, had, we respected one another. We trained hard. Um, but we, I don't think we had the skill, you know, as a team. And I don't think we had the right coaching technique whilst we respected our coach. I don't think it was the right coaching technique for what we <clears> needed <throat> in that particular season against those particular teams. So I don't know. It could be his tactics, his technique. Um, it could be the players. You, you, you never know unless you're involved with that stuff. I think what I can see is um, I, I definitely see that the change that Seabs is trying to do, and I said we've said it a couple of times now, where he's got rid of them experienced players and he's he's put younger players in the place. Now you're asking younger players, some under twenties, just coming out of under twenties, handful of probably uh, New South Wales or Queensland Cup experience. And we're asking them to go to a place they've never been before and never, ever been. That's never stopped them before. Let's look at the time every time they disappeared to play Queensland Origin. It was the junior Broncos that stood up and played. And that's what allowed Queensland Origin and the Broncos to have such a successful pathways because they were constantly bleeding these young guys. So yeah. now what's why are we now looking at a group of young guys who now can't be bled the same way? But they've got no experience there. But the they didn't then gone. either. Gillette's gone. Glenn's out. They've got Matt Lodge. Matt Lodge, they've got 15 on the on the sidelines. And who are they replacing? Who are they coming through? They, they replaced them with players who are not, are not ready. They're young, but they're not ready for that step. And we're asking them to go... In, in the NRL game, it is the highest level of football out there. And we're asking them to go to a place where they've never been. Now, you can see these absolute tumbleweeds going over every time someone scores because there is no leadership there. All the leaders are on the sideline. So it's, you know, it's a real tough learning curve for him. Is it replacing the coach? Well, everyone thinks it's just replacing the coach. It's, gonna, it's like a, a, an instant tonic. Uh, it's, not, it's not the case. You know, we've, got, we've got another one go, but, and we'll talk about that later. But right now, the Broncos are in a tough place, a very tough place. But they've got players coming back in the next couple of weeks. So, you know, uh, fingers crossed that, that things change for him. As a coach or former coach, Carlo, do you think it's a it's a combination of all those things? You know, it could it be a new coach coming in and bringing across some experienced players to to bring these younger players up back to the standard they need to be at? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you don't get experience without experience, and we're talking again, like I said, the, the highest level of football, and you need you need players week in week out. Them them old heads like McCulloch, who's been at the you know the end of. You know, just really struggling at the end of a game and knowing that he's got to chase the inside gate to ensure that he doesn't let his friend down or his or his teammate down. You know, we're asking players who've never been there. And if you if you look at the under twenties, you know, to be honest, attacking it's amazing. Defense, it's it's terrible. And the Broncos look like that at the moment. They're just I've never seen. I'm honestly, I've never seen defense as bad in my life. It's terrible. The Broncos aren't the only one. So what is it with this year that everything is just falling apart? The Warriors have just seen Stephen Kearney go. The North Queensland have just lost six straight. The coach is about to quit. Oh, oh he's gone. Just quit. Yeah, he's, he's gone. gone. Yeah. He's gone. It's 2020. That's three. That's three coaches Bulldogs. in as many weeks. Now, Seabs is, is still there. But I think the writing's mm. kind of on the wall for him at this minute. It's not, yeah. Nothing's been made official, but it's not looking great for him. I mean, Kearney's gone. Was that a fix? No. They got 40-odd put them, past them uh, from the Sharks over the weekend. 
Queensland have lost again. So there goes that coach. What is it about this? And can we just blame this COVID pandemic? What is happening with the rugby league world now that seeing coaches going out of jobs left, right and centre? They did say that Anthony Seabold, they, I think they announced it today that he's um, at the end of the season, he'll be under his you know, review, yeah. his performance. Well, just on that, they've, they've just... Just on that, they've just had an AGM, and it was. I've just heard the reports of the AGM, and it seemed like an absolute farcical uh, AGM. It's like people were fed questions, and they were trying to keep order in there, and people were just going, "What's going on here?" It's, it seems it seems like a stage show. Uh, but basically, they've said, um, "Yeah, we we back Anthony Siebes, uh, at Siebel with." with all the board and we'll do a review like we do every year of all the playing and performance staff but in back, the background or in between the lines people are saying he's got five games to share, to, to save his uh, job and uh, he's only signed a five year contract so can you imagine is it you know the payout but if anyone can afford a payout the Broncos can are the richest by, by a country mile so, you know, for them, it's a drop in the ocean if they want to replace the coach. Big time. And, I mean, we do talk about the going up north, further up north uh, of the highway with uh, Paul Green walking out of the Cowboys as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've said it a thousand times on this show before, you wouldn't be a coach for quids, but we're now seeing them quit instead of getting pushed. Like, they're basically just gone, I'm out. Yeah, well, you'll see that they're being, pu- they're being pushed uh, to the point where they do quit, and therefore probably it, it nullifies a severance payout. You yeah. know, you, 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 which which is which is sad in a way. Uh, I just don't see there's any point or any joy replacing a coach mid-season. I mean, there's no relegation or promotion. There's a top of the ladder and a bottom of the ladder. You know, no rele- relegation. If there's relegation, you need something to turn around. I get that, but here in Australia, I just think it's I think it's stupid. They're all good coaches, very good coaches. Maybe they need a fresh face. It's becoming a bit like the Premier League, isn't it? You know yeah, what I mean? You, you can go through a season, some teams that have two or three coaches within that time. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal how they just <clears throat> pay the money out and, and send them on their merry way. But it's, um, it's, it's, it's really bizarre to me. Rugby League is in a, in, in, a, in a crazy predicament at the moment. In yeah. the UK, Super League as well. Do you know, Carlo, there's, you know a little bit more about that. But, I mean, it's, it's just... I'm still enthralled by the competition. I'm still really enjoying watching it. I'm enjoying watching, you know, strange things happen, like Nathan Cleary fire up and, you know, just get stuck into people, which I've never seen before. No, he's playing well. 2020 is a strange year. (laughs) Shit, things are happening. Odd things are happening. You make TikToks, you get angry. Panthers are on top, (laughs) hey. Can we talk about that? For lying. (laughs) They're on top. And Nathan Cleary, like, he's playing so good. Mm-hmm. He's it's putting just, shots on people. He's getting off kicking. He's, he's at like eighty-five percent kicking for the mm, sausage rolls. Sick. It's unbelievable. It's hey, he's got a massive Richie McCaw on him. Like, get around that. But um, mate, they're just playing good footy. Hey, mm. yeah, they're, they're they're the team to beat at the moment. The the Panthers. I think Eels. The Panthers. The Eels. You know, Manly have, have proven that they've even if they've, they've lost matches, it's always been in close encounters. You know, the Knights are playing good football. The, the season itself has been entertaining. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, what takes it away from the entertainment is this merry-go-round with the coaches, which again has been led by the Warriors, basically, and the Warriors. God knows what's going to happen there. They're borrowing players left, right, and centre, and uh, it seems that people players are going are going home. It's, it's well, they just... could be getting Sonny Bill Williams, baby, because you saved you. <laughs> could save them. Yeah, we'll yeah, get the yeah. Roosters. We'll get him. I, I think it should be a rule in any sport that if you're signed up, say if you're signed up right now till 2024, middle of next season, you want to go change clubs, that you shouldn't be able to get released. 
I think it yeah. should just be if you're a coach, you can't, you can't leave mid season. You know, if you've got another two years yet, serve out this season and then we'll do a review. And if we mutually agree at the end of it, then, you know, happy days and let's part ways. But, um, oh, you look just a poet, didn't even know it. Um, so, oh, look, I don't know, it just disrupts teams too much. People are swapping and changing. Um, if they've lost all respect and, and everyone hates them and they just want to go, then yeah, okay. But they shouldn't mm. be just swapping and changing all the time. Exactly. I know, look, I know we've spoken about this for quite some time now, but it is a, a big talking uh, topic. But what are the benefits of losing a coach that knows his team inside and out? Uh, and what do you honestly expect to gain from either putting an assistant in or putting a temporary coach in? And so you find a full-time replacement. What what are they actually? What, what can they benefit? I mean, what can they get from that? I, I actually don't know, Chris, and that's that's the point. I think what I'll do, like um, Madge McGuire came out and he um, he chopped uh, Benji Marshall. Yeah, very very hard decision to do that. You know, one of the most experienced uh, club members, uh, and he dropped him. Uh, he just said, right, you're getting you're getting dropped, and you're going to get replaced. And he took it. Took it on the chin, had four or five games out, and he came back and, he, and I thought he, he was outstanding uh, against the Broncos. Now, it takes real balls to do that as a, from a coach's perspective. Very difficult decision to do, but um, I think at the Broncos, it seems that Milford, Darius Boyd, I've just got, I'll do what I want. And for some reason, if you, if you do that and you go past it, then you're going to lose the respect of all the younger players because it seems that they, they're, they're on a different different wavelength or a different set of rules it's a very it's a very tough one but to answer your question I don't see any benefit of dropping your coach halfway through the season if you're going to do it do it at the end of the season and that's valid I get it you want a new face change it but um, everyone's up for instant results at the moment and Brad Arthur has proven that you know staying with Parramatta and I may add as well you know the, the backroom staff and the boardroom staff I've got a lot to play in that. But the Bulldogs has been a poison chalice ever since Des there. Des didn't want to be there uh, to deal with the boardroom shit. And then and then you've got Dean Pay who just walked straight into it. And again, they're going it's like it's like Parramatta all over again. It's 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 madness. It's madness. Well, let's, uh, let's have a look until some of the games that are coming up this week. Again, like I love going around and, and sort of finding out of you guys what your your favourite game that you're looking forward to, I guess. Um, Sasha, I'll start with you. The, the, the Roosters game is probably your one. You might uh, might be getting a big win against the Warriors this week. Boost some morale there. Fuck, I'm, I hope so, eh? <laughs> like, we've uh, we've gone up. So we lost to Melbourne, then we won, what was it, 42-12 the week before, and we lost to the Raiders 24-20, and now we should hopefully put 40 points on. We're, we're, we either lose marginally or we win by 50. So, um, yeah, I think we'll be, um, you know, I think that's going to be an easy match for us, hopefully. And uh, what about you, Smithy? Where uh, where are you sitting on the on the ladder? Look, I'm kind of enjoying. Um, I'm not quite sure actually about this. <clears throat> I'm not quite sure. I, I think the Raiders will beat the Rabbits. I think the Knights will obviously beat the Bulldogs. I think it's pretty. It's it's a pretty tough situation. I I, I want to see the Broncos come back and give the Storm a good go, but I don't think it's going to happen based on recent words. <laughs> Poor um, <laughs> I, I probably got the eels and the tigers. I got I got the eels yeah. and the tigers. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a really interesting game. Off the back of the tigers winning so convincingly this week, and the eels being um, phenomenal pretty much all year round, I think that's probably going to be the um, the, the, the tie of the round. And that's on Thursday night, so you know we'll know by Friday if I'm full of shit or not. <laughs> it's always good to know whether you're full of shit before the weekend hits. Hey. <laughs> Chances are that he is, guys. And uh, Carlo, what about you? Well, I think I agree with uh, Smithy about the Tigers and the Eels being probably the, the, the clash of the round. I think uh, Eels off a, 
off a loss um, will be will be smarting and I think the Tigers are full of confidence after the, the win against Broncos I think the Raiders and the, the Rabbits is another cracking game but again I think the Sutherland Shire Derby uh, the Sharks versus St George I think that's always going always gonna to be a cracker and a few bragging rights around the Sutherland Shire so um, I think that could be that could be the uh, the game to watch but there's a few crackers there and also some a few terrible ones as well, so who knows? As long as it's entertaining. Fading off by the end of the weekend, full show. You're not going to put me off, Carlo. I'm going to watch every single game regardless. <laughs> You've got no choice, son. <laughs> um, um, while we've been uh, chatting away, Sasha, did you just send through a multi? Yeah, yeah, no, I just That's for the horse. That's for the horses. That's when we talk about horses. Right, okay. Sorry, I was just like, was that just a... Yeah, I was just going to say with Chris, with those results, because I clearly won't be watching the football because I'll be out and about... <laughs> <laughs> just send me through text messages that'd be great mate I'll unblock you I love it I love it for love anyone that. who is new to the sport project we are basically zooming in from uh, many different areas uh, Carlo is down in Wollongong I'm here in Sydney home base Sasha is free as a bird up on the Gold Coast and poor Chris where are you Chris you're stuck at home in Melbourne in jail I wouldn't swap it for the world I would not change it for the world I love this place I honestly love this place. Hi, Sarah. I don't. She's, she's not even here. She's behind you. Oh, she? <laughs> she's, she's... Um, well, I guess it sort of comes down to you'd um you'd kind of have a similar sort of setup as what uh, it was. I think it was Stephen Adams from he's a New Zealand player who plays over for the NBA, and he had a press conference yesterday because they're obviously all in the Disneyland bubble where they're keeping everyone and their, their season's kicking off on July 30. And it was his birthday and they said, what did you just celebrate? He goes, mate, I played some chess, I ate some food and sat around the pool and did nothing. It was just a typical day. And they're like, it must be horrible because you're stuck in this sort of lockdown. He goes, it's not Syria. We're in a resort for starters. <laughs> and like, I'm sure heaps of people are complaining about, you know, odds yeah. and ends. He goes, but at the end of the day, we're in a resort. The best part about it is you get to hang around with team, like players from other teams that you probably never would have associated with before. And you know, you can learn a little bit more off them and the food's there, the drink's there, there's golf, there's, you know, there's lots of things. So at least you've still got your golf, mate. You don't have any uh, Mickey Mouses running around, but... Yeah, well, that's this. You know, I've got time at home with the kids and they're, this is me trying to convince myself that I'm really happy. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I've, got, I've got all this time at home. I can, I can do the gardening, which I don't know how to do it. You look like you've got a few more grey hairs. I'll agree with one thing there, Chris. You do have two amazing children, so I think it's credit to you and Sarah for the way you've raised your kids, and I'll say that that's it. The rest of it, you're full of shit, and I can't wait to go and have a couple of beers this weekend, send some more pictures, upload it on Instagram, tag you in it, whatever I need to do. Sadly, I can see you've still got all your teeth, so my wish didn't come true. (laughs) <laughs> that, was, that was good by you. I did laugh. I, just yeah, I think I had 10 cocktails that time too, so, you know, it helped. <laughs> All right, we've still got plenty more to talk about on The Sport Project. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share with your mates, follow us on Instagram at The Sport Project Podcast. And of course, if you do want to see what we're all doing while we're doing this podcast, you can check us out on Epicenter TV as well. It is Sasha, Chris and Carlo and I am Renee. And if you get the chance to watch us, you'd be seeing Sasha's cutting some absolute shapes right now. Uh, obviously, being out and able to go out and about, mate, hasn't helped your dancing uh, techniques. No, no, no. I think it's got worse. I think it's got worse, <laughs> but at least I can still go out, get around it. Didn't want to say it. Um, now, Chris, 
there's been a fair bit that we've been t- talking about. Racing's obviously been keeping us alive uh, in the sporting realm as well, but we have been having a chat about a jockey that's been facing allegations all the way back to about 2016, and he's now finally been found guilty of 30 out of 31 betting allegations. Good odds. Yes, yeah, yes. Pretty, pretty shit that he couldn't get a clean sweep, really, wasn't it? I'm not quite sure <laughs> if the final one's up for debate and they're going to find him guilty anyway. <laughs> yeah, but it's all in, it's, all, it's, it's, it's a really bizarre situation. The jockey we're talking about is uh, Adam Hieronymus. And it's, it, it's unusual in the fact that he's been... Accused of being in a link, no, we don't quite know what just yet. He's been accused of being in a link with betting on certain horses, one that he's ridden, or also in the, in the same breath, there's horses that he's not on. So he's betting against his own ride, which is obviously a huge no-no in racing. If you don't know, jockeys are not allowed to bet full stop mm-hmm. because they have so much inside information that it, it would be very unfair. Plus, they also have the power of stopping a horse or getting it in trouble or all kinds of things. So... It's, it's, they're not allowed to bet if they're a professional jockey. But he's been linked to some of the most random bets. And I think if you're going to put your jockey's license on the line, make it worthwhile. Like some of these bets are like a $500 bet on a $3.20 favorite. I mean, he's just going to get, he's going to get $1,560 back if it wins. You're not telling me your jockey's license is worth that. So I find that really bizarre. Um, and, and then he's, I think there's, there's been a string of these $500 bets. Uh, and and he's, yeah, he's been found guilty of 30 of 31 charges at him. Now, the date is yet to be set where he will meet his fate. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely not looking good for him. But, you know, oddly, oddly enough, he's riding winners for Gay Waterhouse today at Wyong. No, he, he brought the winner in the last. I didn't think that they were allowed to race once they were under, like once they got to a certain point of the allegations. And the other thing that I, like, I wanted to bring up is he was doing it from his own accounts. So he was transferring between his accounts to then transfer into his own sports bet account. Like, if, I mean, if you're going to do it like the normal people do it, they take money out and they do cash bets, like, or they get someone else to do it for him. He did that to just go, I'm going to be really open and transparent about it. So if I do get caught, I'll go, well, I wasn't hiding it. Like, I, I try to warn you guys, if you can't catch it for five years and that's your issue. Mate, yeah. I don't know, maybe. See, that's why you never trust leprechauns. Mm, and it's not, that makes no it's, sense. No, no, no. I don't know. It's not Irish. Oh, I'm quite sure you can use that term, Carlo. There you go. Oh, quick, quick, let's talk about my multi. Quick, let's talk about my multi. Throw us your multi. You've got WhatsApp chat. Yeah, so I was on the way up to Brisbane because I was going out because I can venture outside of my house in my suburb. And I was in the back of the car. These two fellas were going to play some AFL and they were giving us a lift up the Brizzy and they go, hey, you've got to put these two horses on. Um, and I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. So Flemington Race 3, Al, Al- Coney, is that right, Chris? Al, Al- yeah. Cone? Alcyon, yeah. And then Flemington Race 6 was Right You Are. So those are the two they gave me. I thought, you know, I'm just going to triple it up here. I'm going to go into one race, Morfittville, because I like the sound of that suburb, and go in number five, Defiant Dancer. I think you know why, because of my dance moves just before, <laughs> Defiant Dancer. Put in a multi. Fifty bucks, one paying eleven fifty nine. Walked away with five seventy nine seventy. So Christmas dinner is on you. That's it. That's all I spent well done, mate. So that's a good result. Mm, Better yeah, than whatever Chris's us. He's never given us a winner, yeah. mate. I've got you a yeah, winner right. tomorrow if you want it. Yeah, of course. Would you like it? No, here we go. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to put it on right now. Is this Chris's sure thing? This is Chris's sure thing. Get ready for it. Get ready for it because this is going to be a weekly event. All right, now. 
It's a first starter, but it's an absolute gun. And the money's come for it already. It's Janie Mott, John McArdle. Number three, race two, Sandown. It's called Hydro Star. Hydro yeah, Star, yeah. race two, number three, Sandown tomorrow. Get your money on it. What's it? What's the odds on it? Three, it's paying three dollars seventy at the moment. Race <laughs> two, number three. Hydro. Oh, like, oh, yeah, nice colours too. Well, that's everything. That means everything. I've just put on fifty bucks and I bet boosted it. You're I'm coming mad. out. I and you bet boosted it. Tonight. Well done. Good on you, son. Dinner. He's away. Dinner. Dinner. Smithy thing every week, and then when it, when this one wins tomorrow, we'll triple it up next time. We should actually just have our own little kitty and we should start doing a bit of a betting system. Why, who, why who do, wait a minute. Yet? I've got one here. Who would you trust with the money? Me, obviously. Most definitely <laughs> not. I promise I'll look after it for you. With his face? That's why you put it into an account and we just take turns of betting. So any, any betting sponsors want to hit us up for this segment, it is Smithy's Sure Thing. We're going to be doing it every week um, and hopefully giving us something decent because... So far. They're not going to sponsor us because we're going to take them for fortunes. Well, yeah, okay. We're all going to retire on Smithy's Sure Thing every week. That's <laughs> That's it. It. And I reckon either that or I'll go broke because every week I'm just going to put money on it. And, um, <laughs> One day you just get a, a it'll, it'll all come home for you, mate. You'll be totally fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to early crow now. That's a moral. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Speaking of uh, people that, had, that could have lost it all or could have won it all and was one blade of grass of controversy on the golf course, but it uh, ended up working in favour for one John Rahm. He sure did. Look, he was absolutely phenomenal from, from the get-go. You know, every individual round, he shot 69, 67, 68. So he was always in contention. What, who you do have to feel sorry for, who will be wishing to forget that round pretty quick, is Tony Finau. He was 12 under at one point on day three. He dropped four shots by the end of play on day three. And then he finished shooting six over for the final day and going to two under. But John Rahm twisted the screw. He was absolutely phenomenal and a well-deserved winner. He did shoot 75 on the last day, which was four over. But, you know, it, it didn't really matter. He, he had it. He had the charisma. He had the game. He had the long play, the short play. He's chipping in from the rough just, just really when he needed it most. And he's now subsequently taken over the world number one spot. So Rory McIlroy is off. He did play in the tournament, Rory, and, and he just didn't find his feet. He, he wasn't anywhere near what we're used to seeing of him. Now, we know he's had a, a string of bad results leading into this, so he took last week off in order to work on his game, and it's clearly not quite there just yet. But look, and he, he's world-class. There's no doubt. it. He's been number one for so long, and he will be number one again. But, um, but this, this moment of celebration is for John Rahm. But we did also see the return of Tiger Woods. Mm, and. Look, he, um, uh, physical appearance, he looks, he's, he's aging quite substantially. He's, he looks quite thin. He looks like he's, he's been on a certain kind of diet and he looks, he looks very, very slim and he's, he's, he's lost a, he looks to have lost a fair bit of power. His swing is getting back. He's, he's been off for five months with a back problem, so we're not going to expect him to snap straight back into it. He'll, he'll get the feel back. He'll get the rhythm back. And, and once again, he's, he's come back before and won tournaments, and I have, I have no doubt if he, if he stays injury-free, he'll come back and win again. But he just he looked to really enjoy his golf a fair bit more. There was a fair few jokes while he's on the course, and you know, he's missing shots, and he's not really beating himself up about it. Afterwards, with the commentators, having a laugh and a joke and he's cracking jokes. So he's back enjoying his game. He really is. He just hasn't quite snapped together for him yet. 
But Matthew Fitzpatrick, the Englishman, he, he's probably had the, the final round of his life. He, he finished um, four under, so he ended up tied fourth with Jason Day, the Aussie, who again was, was consistent throughout. Strangely enough, Moorfield, the golf course, they played there last week as well in Colin Morikawa. He, um, he won last week. It's had a, a crazy week of weather. It's been so hot, so the greens have quickened up. The pin positions have been moved. During this tournament at Memorial, it had all kinds of weather. Day one was blowing gusts of winds absolutely everywhere. The final day got abandoned for rain, re- rain badly on day two. The final day got abandoned for a short period while the rain was come over. So they really, it was like being in Melbourne. They battled all four conditions over the space of four days. Do you so, reckon you gone well in this comp? No. No. <laughs> I, I played yesterday in the wind and I've decided I'm a fair weather golfer. I don't like it too windy. I don't like it too cold. I don't like it too hot. I don't like the rain. It's pitch perfect I'm, conditions. Yeah. And I don't like it when I'm, I'm not playing. Yeah, that's it. I'm taking my bat. I'm going to throw all my clubs. Yeah, but no, it, it, was, it, was, a, it, was, a, it was a wonderful tournament. It really was. And it's great to see Big John Rams. You know, he's been there and thereabouts and he's been threatening to take that number one spot in both tournaments and world rankings for quite some time. And, uh, and this was really his. So I think we'll, we'll see him progress um, a fair bit more. There's a fair few out there that didn't really enjoy the tournament whatsoever. Dustin Johnson didn't make the cut. Phil Mickelson, non-existent. So there's, there's, a, there's a few that really need to snap back. So we've got the, um, the, the 3M tournament, which starts this week. So we'll, we'll see a few of the big dogs back in action then. But in, in, terms, of, in terms of the round just going, John Ram. Take a bow, big fella. You was phenomenal. Did did you uh, do the high definition check of his chip? Like, did you think he, he moved the ball to deserve the two point two stroke penalty? No, I don't, I don't think he did. I think that was a bit harsh. I think that was incredibly harsh. Paint a picture, um, mate. Eh? Paint a picture. So tell us what. Well, it's, it's allegedly he's, he's he's padding down the rough down at the back with his wedge. He's got a ball in a bit of long grass and he's putting it down so he can just get a clear contact on the ball. Now, the accusation is that he's moved the ball with his club in order to gain a better lie. But I find that quite remarkable that anyone would even think about trying to get away with that, especially as someone that's leading the competition. He said he was just like, I didn't feel it. I'd, if I'd felt it, I would have said something and completely. He's just like, it, either way, it was a still a bloody good shot. Um, uh, it was a wonderful shot. Wonderful yeah. shot. And the pressure was on at that time as well. Yeah. So he, he, had to, he had to turn the game back around for himself again. And he did. Did he, get, did he get the two penalty shots before he took the shot or was it after? It was after, wasn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, all right. So I was going to say there would have been more added pressure on top of him to, you know, if it was before. So, all right. Wow. Yeah, afterwards, now, but, but mate, there's, there's some incredible golf being played. And again, sadly, there's still no spectators there. As we know, America's not um, out of the woods by any way, shape or form because of this COVID crisis. Mm. In fact, the numbers state if Florida was a country, it would be the fourth highest infected country in the world. And that's Florida alone, uh. where a lot of the golf's <laughs> played, where a lot of the golf courses are. And they're the ones that are having to be cancelled. They're the tournaments that are having to be left until next year. So fingers crossed the uh, delusional Donald Trump. He can get his head in gear and uh, he thinks that's not a problem. Failing that, stick Kanye in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. he, he, he delivered a great opening, um, opening speech, didn't he? Oh, he's he a spud. Bizarre. He's a dead set spud. Yeah, how, how can I he mean, be running for president? I'm not quite sure. I mean, I mean, we, we, we laugh and we joke about it and it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a strange situation. You've got to really worry about his mental health and his welfare because mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure that someone of, of that stature and of that mindset can be honestly serious about running for the presidency of the United States mm-hmm. of America with his advisory panel being his wife. Have you, have, 
Have you um, have you heard about the incident with Kanye West and Sam Burgess? Yeah, that was. I was literally just about brilliant. to bring that up. Brilliant. Crazy, hey. Did you hear that Sam Burgess is running for American pre- presidency? <laughs> I did yeah, hear that. No, no, no. I think I told you that, Renee. Yeah, that's what I It's just Sam Burgess and Asta's management team. So yeah, he's going to be assistant and um, yeah, president and vice president. <laughs> <laughs> talking about America, I was talking to my mate today who uh, lives in America, and you're right, Chris. The, Fine, that's hard to believe. Yeah, well, well, my mate, or <laughs> yeah, that bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was saying that um, the pandemic over there obviously is really, really bad. He's based in um, in California there, but what blew my mind is he's an aircraft mechanic. He was working on his company planes that he's the sole mechanic for, and George Clooney walked up to him in the same aircraft hangar in Santa Monica Airport and goes, "Mate, I heard you do some good work. Do you want to be my new?" aircraft mechanic and he's like oh oh, yes and so now he does George Clooney and literally George Clooney texts him and stuff isn't that fucking bizarre (laughs) does he make him a coffee in that yeah I don't know he he literally texts him the other day he goes hey hey Nate I'm just uh, about to fly out tomorrow just want to do one one last check on the plane for me and it's like yeah yeah, all right fucking (laughs) yeah I suppose can I get an espresso machine or fuck what (laughs) <laughs> you know, you don't know. Like, like, clones, like, is their nicknames? Are they down I don't, on the face like, shit? Or? He just runs with Sea Dog, hey. There's <laughs> another funny story. We've got a dear friend, Chris, who's uh, Rob Parker. So, Rob Parker, uh, for some reason, uh, got real, made made good friends with uh, Tom Hardy, you know, the actor Tom Hardy. Oh, can he please right? introduce So, me? anyway, anyway, <laughs> when, when they first met, and uh, I'm sorry, Rob, if you are listening to this and you get it, I don't know, get it wrong a little bit, but. Um, he was doing a, uh, a TV series called Taboo. I don't know if you've seen it. So so he phoned Rob up and goes, uh, Rob, what are you doing for the next six weeks? He went, oh, nothing. I've just been, you know, uh, let go by my rugby league club, blah, blah, blah. He said, do you want to come down here and just keep me keep me company? So he goes, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll do that. So he goes I'll down do there. <laughs> I'll step in. Doesn't do anything. Just in between takes, you know, as a bit of a laugh with Tom, you know, they get on famously, they get on really, really well. And anyway, so... After a bit, Tom's a producer on this show. He goes, well, why don't we just get you dressed up and do some extra work? <laughs> you know, keep you busy. He went, yeah, all right. Anyway, he ends up playing a one of the major roles <laughs> in, in the TV show. So if you actually Google uh, Rob Parker, you'll actually, or you, you see um, his Facebook, you'll actually see, see him with pictures with Tom Hardy dressed up in the in the show to be. Yeah, mad, mad. But that's another one of them crazy stories. And one of the nicest lads you'll ever meet, Rob. Um, Parker, Rob Parker played, I mean, how many Super League games did he play for Bradford? He, oh, he was there for, for forever. So he was yeah, in Bradford yeah. Bulls. So he played at Salford, he played. He played at Salford. Away. Played for England, played didn't he, a couple of times? Yeah, mate, just a top. Really tough, tough lad. And when I went back in 2016, so I, was, I kept in touch with him quite a lot. But he's, uh, yeah, just mad that he's now doing semi-acting with Adam Fogarty and a lot of the other ex-Rugby League players. What's what's your greatest name drop? I want to know, you guys would all have had a chance to have rubbed shoulders with someone abnormously famous at some stage. Sash, have you got anything decent? Yeah, i got a real good one. So I was over in America. What's water on it? Um, I was playing rugby in 2009. And um, I was down, it was playing Las Vegas. So we're playing Las Vegas Blackjacks as part of the Super League over there. And um, after the game, we went to, I think it was the, it was the Bellagio. We're in the pool. I'm uh, my half cut having a couple of Bud Lights with it. my New Zealand friend, Julian. And this bloke comes up, um, a dark English fella. And he's like, oh, what are you two boys doing now? Is that, that was Mexican? 
<laughs> that was English, mate. What are you two boys doing? Oh, we're having a couple of pig's ears, mate, in the pool. Like, get around us. And he goes, you, do you want to come do some modelling work for me? I'm like, oh, like, have you seen this? <laughs> nah, now what? I'm calling bullshit. Now I'm calling bullshit. I swear, I swear. And we're like, yeah, right. So put towels around us. We're literally walking through the Bellagio, no lids on, towels half cut. And we go, he takes us into the nightclub there. And then we walk down and there's um, the girl from the Spice Girls, the, uh, the dark one from the Spice Girls. Was it? Mel B. Mel B. Mel B. Yep. And she's doing her new um, underpants and bra range, right? And there's these I love how you just went and underpants and pointed at a bra. <laughs> and bra range. Ooh, anyway, there's these, two, a while for you, there's these two little weaselly <laughs> guys in suits and they're like got the shits and the, the guy who's taking photos is just blowing up. And he goes, all right, so can you guys like just got to stand beside um, Mel and get photos for a new um, – a lingerie range. I'm like, yeah, sweet as. And he goes, just boys, take those things off. We don't need you anymore. Give them to these boys. Because we were so fucking jacked at the time, we didn't fit into the suits. So we no. ended up just getting literally a cuddle and a kiss from Mel B. And she said, thanks very much. Gave us like a couple of drinks, vouchers and free entry into the nightclub oh, that night. And then we went back that. down the pool. And She's dead scary, yeah, you know. Sinking piss. She's dead scary. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's a true story, hey. That, that's pretty decent, Smithy. Yeah. Oh, this will be a class. Oh, you bet. Oh. He's already mentioned Robbie Williams in a previous show. That was that was pretty good. Yeah, uh, Robbie. But I went to Simon Cowell's fiftieth birthday. We were sat next to um, like Kate Moss and David Williamson and all the rest of them. <laughs> Richard Branson met him a few times, and his daughters Beyonce. Beckham. Uh, oh, yeah. Beyonce. Beyonce. Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. What? Uh, yeah. Met him dead or alive. Wow. Well, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Always too soon. <laughs> legend. Legend. Yeah. Yeah. Question though, like she's brown bread now, so was it? Oh, well, oh look, it, it, it was sadly, on, it was Mark. sadly on the, it was sadly on a, a decline. Actually. Yeah, okay. She was, uh, she's she was kind of losing. Uh, yeah, 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 it really was, but yeah. Uh, the lungs, uh, the lungs uh, on her. Did she sing for you? Tell me you were yeah. laying down and she was painting and singing to you. <laughs> <laughs> Surely, <laughs> I can I can tell you that if you want, but yeah, but true. Quick, no, it was it. Nelly at the station. It was on the X Factor in the UK actually. Oh, yeah, it, wait, wait. Yeah, oh, it, it was, was awful. It was there. It was awful. Yeah, that Remember million dollar oh, bill yeah. song. Yeah, it was awful. That, and I felt for because I loved her. Right, well, what, about, what about you, Carlo? I feel like Chris has got too many. Uh, yeah. I think, well, mine's, everyone, everyone knows, is probably David Beckham. Uh, yeah. Kind of, as he grew up in Salford, he, he came through the class of 92 with a good lad, a uh, good mate of ours, Roddy Thornley and his brother, Ben Thornley. So we were very, we were, we were you know, very lucky. We'd go to Ben's house and, and have barbecues and he, he would just be there with the Neville brothers because he was caught up and coming through United and got to, got to know him quite well. Um, that's funny. I introduced, I remember once uh, Leeds have played uh, when Adrian Molly was playing at Leeds and United have played and we all went to the Discotheque Royals afterwards. That was the kind of the goal. Uh, and we, we got there. Anyway, Dave was there. I was like, hey, Cal. I was like, hi, Dave. You all right? What's going on? So, Dave. <laughs> so, so anyway, I was with Mars and I went, uh, Dave, I just want to meet me, one of my best mates, Adrian Marla. Um No, no, I did it the other way around. I went, Adrian, when you come and meet David Beckham, and he just went, does he know who I am? <laughs> 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 he was deadly serious and I remind him all the time of that he goes he feels like such a dickhead but yeah he's a top man Dave and uh, 
You know, any time you'd see him, even even I'm not seeing him for a long time, but any time you would see, he would come over. I remember him doing in, uh, press conferences, and, and he would just come straight over and say, "Hi, Carlo." Uh, and it was uh, just, wrap uh, it up, Carlo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it feels like we've gone into full depth story. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's what about it. you, Renee? Yeah, yeah well, what um, you, Renee. I've got I've got two probably the big to Terrell Owens. Um, met him at a Super Bowl lunch that we had quite a while ago, a few years back in Sydney. Um, and then just stayed in contact over social media. And no creep, it's it's actually been above board, which is unusual for me. It's normally me being the creep. Uh, <laughs> I was talking about <laughs> me, not him. Just, yeah, exactly. I was like, it's not, I wouldn't care about him. I'm normally just a real massive creep. Um, it's done nothing for me. But, yeah, just sort of chat more sport and training with him, which is kind of cool. Like it's just a normal chit-chat conversation. But my best ever was Salt and Pepper. So they came over to play um, some concerts here on the Gold Coast and uh, or when I used to live on the Gold Coast. And um, they came and did this Sunday pool sesh and the promoter for the casino said, why don't you come back for dinner and have dinner with Salt and Pepper? And there was another guy, Rob Mills, who's a good friend of mine. Anyway, we're sitting there and they're talking around the table. It was Salt and Pepper. One of them had a husband. Um, who was a backup dancer. So their backup dancers were there and management. They're like, oh, what's everyone's party trick? And I was like, you know. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> Have you no, seen no, a butt no, shot no, before? No. <laughs> so I can oh, fit no, my fist in my mouth. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> can you do that I right now for like... the online viewers? Come on. Get it in there. <laughs> um, so I did it and Salt just turned around. She's like, my man, yeah, you're taking me out tonight. You're taking me out. I was like, because I, my Millsy's sitting next to me. He's like, you just did not do that in front of everyone, and everyone's just blown up. They're like, yes, crazy Aussie, take us out. So I took her out to a nightclub um, on the Gold Coast, and she was like, just entertain us. Like we just want to be entertained. So Millsy goes, do the dirty dancing dance, run at me, and I'll, I'll catch you like dirty dancing. Millsy's a lot smaller than me, and I just got all right. Well. Fuck, I've already done one thing embarrassing. I'll just keep going. So I ran at him, dirty dancing, picked me up, but dropped me on top of him. And they've, everyone's just like, oh, no. So I wormed out of it <laughs> and just got up and owned it. And she was like, you are crazy. She's like, all right, we're getting drinks. So we just had shots at the bar. So I had shots with salt. <laughs> That's, well, there you go. Well, there you go. I mean, that—that's this is the sport project and the athleticism that you could worm out of it, which really just does tie in with the show. So I thought so. That you know, I can talk with a mouthful of marbles. So why not shove a fist in it? Hey. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's. Good. Uh, but I mean, we don't really have much more to discuss on the show. I mean, we—we we, I guess we haven't really touched on the Toronto Wolfpack yet. Do we want to do that quickly before we wrap up? Yeah. Well, basically. Th- They've, oh, uh, yeah, they've, sorry. We couldn't include that. I'm just, I'm mindful of your time, Sash. You did tell me that you needed yeah, to tee off at right. 8 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. So you've got just, four uh, minutes to talk rugby. And, all right. Uh, Do you want me to go? <laughs> no, no, no. Cut me off. You've asked me to go and then turn me off three times. Okay, just to turn to Wolfpack, uh, Super League season is going to start August the 2nd and they've withdrawn citing money issues. So, uh, More food. <laughs> yeah, Sonny Bill Williams is on the market. Come on, Rooster. Listen, this could be the start of our, our kitty. Let's have a pun on where we think he's going to go. Let's go okay. now, Renee. Where do you think he's going to go? Roosters. Oh, he shut up. Oh, no, you know what? I'm going to go outside and say, yeah, he's going to um, Warriors. There you go. Even the out-and-out Roosters fan said New Zealand rugby. Carlos. Yeah, rugby union. Um, I'm going to go Bulldogs. Bulldogs, back to the Bulldogs. we got three million burning a hole in their pocket. Yeah, but they were saying today that they don't reckon he's going to... I reckon he's going to go the Broncos, a rebuild. Mm, could be. Ooh. Anyway, 
moving swiftly on. We're on the clock. Because you've got to think about it. So he hasn't played in months, for starters. When he comes back, he's got to quarantine for two weeks. Then you've obviously got to get your match fitness up. So that's another two weeks from there. Um, you know, we probably won't see him for another four games. Which makes perfect sense. He'll still be the best player at the Broncos. <laughs> even, even given all that that's happened. All right. Well, what we, we'll put a cheeky wager on that, I reckon. What are we doing? I don't know yet. Okay. We'll discuss that offline. But let, let me see if that tip I gave you wins tomorrow first. Yeah, and then see if you've got money to throw back in. Uh, the only thing that is really happening in the boxing world, which we also cover off normally as well too, is uh, Eddie Hearn, the promoter for Dillian White, has come out and said he's convinced Wilder is not going to play off his uh, third piece of the puzzle in the Fury fight, which was meant to be happening uh, November and December and even spoken about getting done in Australia as well. Uh, so he's basically said... Uh, he's been quiet. He hasn't come back and spoken anything about the challenge since it was put out that they were going to be fighting. So um, he'd really like to see Wyatt come in and place a fight. And Eddie Hearns has even basically said he'll put some of his own money up to get the fight happening. So very interesting to see what's going to be happening there. There's a lot still happening in the heavyweight world. Mike Tyson's disappeared off the face of the earth again. No, no. Didn't you yeah, see no. his latest one? He's popped up. No. He's popped up another one. I was going to bring it up to you today, but he's popped up another one of him just looking absolutely out of control again. Yeah, but there's nothing about who he's fighting. We were meant to know by now. Sorry, it's just him training, yes. That's totally I mean, fine. I, that, that yep. I, think they've, I think they've jumped a little bit early with the promotion of that, mm-hmm. haven't they? Because he's still, I mean, he's in good shape now, but he's still going to need to get his timing back. He's going to need to get his endurance back. He's going to have to get his mm. everything back. And that's not an overnight fix, is it? You know, when you've been um, out of the sport for that long, it doesn't matter how good you are, that's not an age. overnight fix. Take that into account too. And then people have seen the videos. He's, he's been premature in promotion. People have seen the videos and they're like, fuck that. I am not fighting that for any amount of money. I don't care what charity it's for. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, almost worst enemy. There you go. He's, the more training videos he puts out, the less people are going to be lining up to do it. <laughs> There's no chance. No, I'd, 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 I'd fight him for 700 million. <laughs> I'd fight him for 700 million. What are you going to give us in your will? <laughs> Not that much. You'd be dead. <laughs> yeah. You're right, actually. I didn't think about that. Here's 700 million, and now you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Spend it wisely, Sash. Spend it. <laughs> I'll get you a good casket. Oh, shit. Um, and just quickly, the EPL project restart. Carlo, go. Yeah, well, basically, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the battle for the Champions League fourth place um, hasn't really changed that much. Leicester's in fourth, United are fifth, Wolverhampton in sixth. It looks like the battle is between Manchester United and Leicester, who will face each other in a week's time. So, very exciting end to the to the season. The FA Cup final was decided with Arsenal beating Manchester Manchester City and Chelsea beating Manchester United. So it'll be an Arsenal, be a North London, uh, all a North London affair in the FA Cup final. And Leeds United, after 16 years out of the top flight, have been promoted to the English Premier League. So. Uh, amazing for them and it will be a cracking rivalry with Manchester United and Leeds and that's it I, I, I thought it was um, United and Spurs uh, United and Spurs fighting it out for fourth place is it, is it Spurs or Leicester? No nah, Le- Leicester Spurs, well Spurs are on 58 points Wolverhampton are on 59 uh, United and Leicester are 62 each and Chelsea who are third are on 63 so it could there's only two games left so all to play for and uh, again Champions League is everything isn't it as we know hmm alright a lot of food for thought then that was a good little salad bowl of uh, sporting 
sprinklings, you think? Little cos lettuce of, of sport? I, I think out of the, what did we get the time at there? So 45 minutes. I reckon it's about 15 minutes of sport in there if you <laughs> kind of <laughs> fil- filter your way through it, listeners. Uh, it's in there. It's in there. It's, it's like anything worthwhile. You've got to find it and it's worth exactly. the wait. You've got to work for it. Sasha, Chris, Carlo, thank you so much for joining us on another sport project. Whoa. Who cares? Oh. Boring. They signed someone for three million. A kid who's twelve. Keep trying to give you an early mark, Sash. Yeah, I know, I know. But um, yeah, broadcast deal for domestic rugby. They reckon is only worth twenty million now. So that's come out. So that's what was that million before? dollars less. Um, as broadcast deal for domestic rugby in Australia, mm. which is fifteen million dollars less than the deal that I think it was Foxtel and Raylene Castle um, agreed on in November. So, you know, there's no money in the sport yet. As you said, Carla, they've just looked, well, they've just signed a 16-year-old fella, Joseph Sua Ali, I think his name is pronounced. Rubbish. Um, but, yeah, for $3 million on a three-year three deal. The new coach, Dave Rennie. Um, what? Yeah, three, he's 16. So he turns 17. 16 years, old than, 16 years old and a million bucks a year. Yeah. It's and crazy, not rugby. And Dave Rennie, the, the new Wallabies coach, he um he's gone online and he's um been quoted as saying young kids are real fucking doer. He'll be kicking sausage rolls left, right, and centre and um, get around him. Official quote. But I cannot believe the world has officially gone mad. I never I thought the world was kind of doing all right till that till that right there. Then watch yeah, his then. highlights though. Joseph Sua Ali. He's absolutely incredible. Yeah, he was meant to be blowing up in a deal with South Sydney, and he's. Completely blown up and backflipped. Yeah, so. he backflipped on a deal with South Sydney. Mm. But um, it's Joseph and then just S U A A L I I. Okay. Sua Ali. I, 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 I. All right. Is everyone done? Have we got it all out of the tank? Um, yeah, we're happy. Done. We are we're so done. happy with good, it. Good show. Don't forget to uh, follow us on Instagram at the Sport Project Podcast. And uh, if you want to see it as a vodcast, we're on Epicenter Live TV as well as the sportproject.net where you can click through to all the major podcast platforms Spotify, Apple, the whole kit and caboodle. Everyone's got it. Chris, Sasha, Carlo. Sasha's just basically <laughs> taking the invisible lift out. <laughs> you are see a clown. You. See you. See you. See you. Next Tuesday. Tuesday. Same much. Been emotional.